For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Uh, so there's still a lot of interest, and it's interesting. Uh, this story is when I when I first was reading, uh, when we first discussed it yesterday, I, I, I made the comment that it's not a big thing, but it is something. And it certainly seems to have captured um, the, the, well, I wouldn't say hearts and minds, but it certainly has captured the attention uh, of you. Because we got a lot of calls on this last night. There's been a lot of discussion around it again uh, today. So I thought we'd uh, try and dig a little bit deeper and find out a little bit more um, about the AFL's decision to um, to stop doing skinfold tests at the AFL Draft Combine um, with concerns over uh, body shaming um, and body image. Um, and that has had a wide-ranging response from uh, Kane Corns uh, and Will Schofield just slamming the decision as absolutely ridiculous um, to some people saying it's about time, uh, that those kind of issues are really damaging for, for young people. And there's been every view in between. And um, Gary and Tim spoke to a sports psychologist this morning, which is absolutely worth having a listen to in regards to that uh, and what he had to say this morning. Um I thought we'd have a chat to a nutritionist uh, who's um, dealt in this space with elite athletes um, and has a, 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 a heap of experience when it comes to this, and I'm sure a really interesting view on it. So Alana Pooley's been good enough to join us, who's a registered nutritionist. Uh, Alana, hello to you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. So what was your immediate reaction when you heard uh, that the AFL had decided that they won't be uh, administering the skinfold test at the draft combine, knowing the AFL world, knowing elite AFL athletes and knowing elite athletes? What was your initial response to that? Well, with my experience with uh, the AFL players that I've worked with, the skinfold test it creates a massive amount of anxiety for players. And I can only imagine that it's at least as bad, if not worse, for these poor kids coming up, you know, finishing high school, studying, doing all of these things with all of all of these extra stresses on the table and they're trying to fight to meet these skinfold standards that are, look, to put it fairly, they're fairly, they're, they're an unrealistic goal for people to have year round. So when they're chasing these skinfolds, we're looking at trying to get a sum of seven skinfolds under 50 millimetres, which to put that in perspective for the average person is around about six to 8% body fat, which is very, very low. A normal body fat percentage is somewhere under 20 for males. So what is, what is it look, for elite athletes, if you don't mind me asking, on average? So for, for an elite athlete, it'll be anywhere between 6 and 13, but that's obviously dependent on the sport. Yep. You know, different sports have different requirements. When we talk to elite cyclists or elite um, gymnasts, obviously they're going to sit a little bit leaner because their body weight and their body composition plays a much bigger role in their performance. Whereas in these sorts of performance sports, so the AFL, soccer, so on and so forth, it should really be more about energy balance and performance. So we should be looking at nourishing, fueling the players rather than (laughs) fixating on whether or not they're running particularly lean. The truth is some people run naturally lean, some people don't run naturally lean. So for the people who do run naturally lean, it's really advantageous. They might be sitting at under 50 millimetres in their summer skin folds without even trying. But then there's going to be other athletes out there that could be trying their little 
pushes off and really struggling to get there. And those athletes are going to be making decisions based on those skin folds rather than based on their performance. And I think that's where it takes a real turn for the worst, apart from the mental health side of things, where obviously if you're associating your worth as a player with whether or not you can hit 50 millimetres, and I'm sure the, the psychologist you spoke with this morning can cover that in a lot more detail, that's a huge issue. But look at it from a performance perspective. If players are not naturally sitting lean and they're chasing this sum of skin folds of 50, which is really difficult for some of them, they're going to do things like undershooting their calories, they're going to take laxatives, they're going to starve themselves so that they can hit this quota or hit this number that's not necessarily reflective of their performance anyway. So in your from in your experience with mm. some of the, the the elite athletes and elite players that you've you've um, worked with, do you feel yeah. um, because what what are some of the response to this has been uh, from from recruiters is that this isn't a be all and end all test. This is just one of many tests that we utilise to paint an overall picture. And it's not the be-all and end-all. It's not the hang the hat on. It's not a reason why you wouldn't draft someone. It's just an understanding of where they're at. And when they get to the club, we're told the same thing. It's not... It's not a. It's not a. Um, this is what it all hinges on, type of thing. But it it can help tell a story for some players. Do you find that it's it's more telling the overall story, or do you think for for, for some players they might, whether it be because the clubs told them or they've mistakenly thought it is, it's the be all and end all story. I can only speak on behalf of the players that I've worked with, but they've several times pointed out to me that if they don't hit their skin folds, they're going to be sent to fat camp. And this idea of being unable to play or sent off and, and disregarded for a period of time because they're unable to get their skin folds under 50, which, as I said, is really low, you know, that's going to have detrimental impact, not just for their psyche, but also from a physiological perspective. They, they are. They're going to do silly things to try and hit those numbers. You would if your career depended on it. So with um with the 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 work that you've done um yeah. and for you is is where that they how do you approach the fact that those marks still have to be hit but the work that you do with them um I would imagine is much more holistic and that this would end up being a, a byproduct of uh, at the end of that Yeah so for 90% of the players we can keep them that lean if we need to but it doesn't necessarily put them in the most advantageous position. And I've tried having these discussions with the clubs that I was working with, um, but they weren't particularly open <laughs> to it at the time. Um, I think it needs to be revised and looked at on a case-based scenario. So, you know, you've got to take into account that lots of different things can affect someone's skin folds. So even simple things like human error the same person is going to be taking your skin folds time after time after time. But if they pinch two inches higher this time and two inches lower next time, which of course as a professional they shouldn't, but it's going to happen from time to time, and that fluctuates the skin folds three millimetres as an overall, so over seven points it fluctuates at three millimetres, that's enough to keep someone out of the game. And I think that not only unnecessary, but it pushes people to think about the wrong things. You know, we should be educating the players. We should be spending all of this 
time, energy and money on teaching the players what they need to do to stay healthy, not to hit their skin fold target. So that's that was one of the things that uh, they spoke to Noel Blundell about this morning, Gary and Tim on SEN yeah. Breakfast, was um, he said that the AFL had missed an opportunity to, to really educate um, and 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 help out the players in this to to provide uh, the right kind of education to show why there is a it has an important element to it rather than just say oh we're just not going to do it because on the flip side of what you're saying when when some players do come back from pre-season because we get told that there's some players who just go out and enjoy themselves and forget about their training it is yeah. a, a legitimate way of measuring okay well when you left us last year with you with this and now you you're back at that well we're not going to hang you out to dry for it we need to know why and, and we need to get to the bottom of why so it, can it can it be an effective tool when it comes to i suppose a player who has fallen off what their usual routine would normally have been yeah but there's a hundred other ways to judge that you know you can visually see it i mean you could you could take a photo <laughs> you could do run tests you could do you know all sorts of things to show exactly the same thing because really what we're talking about here is did it affect their performance if someone's sitting at a slightly higher body fat percentage when they come back from off season and their performance is better should we not be pushing them to stay at that body composition? Why are we why are we looking at this metric separately rather than holistically? You know, you mentioned that word before and it's the perfect word for it. <laughs> if we looked at it more holistically, all the players really will have a different body fat percentage at which they play best at. We've assumed that the vast majority of them will play best under 50 millimetres, but this hasn't been revised in a very long time. And life has changed a lot over the last 20 or 30 years. The food environment, the ability to educate people has changed a lot. If we pushed more for the education in the off-season, we wouldn't be seeing massive fluctuations when they came back in. So maybe the boys would sit 5 millimetres, 6 millimetres higher year-round, but they wouldn't go through those fluctuations in the off-season, so they wouldn't be finding themselves chasing this goal, you know, dieting down, doing silly things to achieve something that is temporary, that's not not even necessarily beneficial for the game. So one of the things that Noel said, and we're speaking to Alana Pooley, who's a registered nutritionist who uh, has a wealth of experience um, working with elite athletes um, and elite AFL players. So one of the things that Noel said is that it, it there is a way in which this can be... Uh, obviously, you said that this creates for some of the players that you've dealt with, it, it does come with a fair bit of anxiety centered around it mm. where, and yep. Noel was talking about the fact that you, this would really, you've really got to reframe this to, to be, how will this help me improve myself as opposed to how will this, you know, as opposed to feeling bad about yourself, it's a way of helping um, feel better about themselves when used obviously in alignment with the, the other measures. And, and you can use that word holistic. Um, yeah. Is that, is that the kind of sort of the way in which you would, because it's, it's not a test that's, that's been taken away from the clubs just yet. So is that a way that yeah. you help the players reframe it to say, okay, well, instead of being scared of it, let's just look at it as a way to, that, that it can help us, a part of our overall uh, thing we're doing? Definitely, but you still want to bring context to yeah. it, you yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah. I think the big issue is the clubs tend to push the boys to believe that it's going to have this massive impact on how they play. 
I haven't seen that in my experience. So apart from the fact that typically the players that I work with have other issues that they're trying to resolve. So they have their club dietitian, they can't get enough help from their club dietitian, so they seek my assistance and I help them to deal with that side of things. So the issue with these skin folds, you know, summer skin folds, is it's one metric that's not even used to calculate the other metrics that it could be used to calculate. So if they were using the sum of skin folds to determine the calorie intake for the players or to determine the best macronutrient profile for their players based on their lean mass versus their body fat, that would be a useful tool and that's how I use skin folds in clinic. So when the boys come in clinic, we do their skin folds, but then I run their body fat analysis through three different equations we talk through what all of the different equations mean and how that applies to them and their body. And then we use that as a tool to then make changes to their diet to get the best out of them. They don't get that from 50 millimetres. 50 millimetres means nothing to anyone. It doesn't mean anything to most of the people running the test. (laughs) So it needs to be... They've oversimplified what body fat analysis actually is and it needs to get back to a better place. Some of the clubs are great and they send their players for DEXA scans and DEXA scans give you a much more well-rounded idea of what's going on and I can definitely see those as a purposeful tool. Yeah, and what we're understanding is that with the last two years of COVID with soft cap cuts and things like that, unfortunately, those are some of the things that have had to take a back seat uh, with the the cost associated as well. So it it sounds like there's a, a want to... Um, to, to make this, as we've used the word a few times, more holistic, but but potentially at the moment um, isn't able to, to occur. So it is great that uh, the clubs are able, you know, are saying and giving the the thumbs up. Maybe albeit as you say, not not a, <laughs> not 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 uh, as happy as they might be, but certainly it's it's work that uh, has had success. So I really appreciate you jumping on and and giving us an insight into your experience with this test and and with the overall. Um, ideas around uh, the, the body fat analysis? Uh, my absolute pleasure. I reckon if they get some more specificity going on, make sure that they check the health conditions first and use it as a proactive tool. They could use it well, but at the moment I don't think it's being used particularly well. <laughs> Alana, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. My absolute pleasure. Thanks again for having me on. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.